That's right, welcome to episode 11 of Gotta Catch Him Again, a Pokemon Rewatch podcast where some grown-ass people get together to break down a different episode of the Pokemon TV series each and every week, starting from the very first episode of Indigo. But what's this? As this is our 10th episode, we're actually not even going to be talking about Pokemon at all today. If you listen closely, you can actually hear people skipping this episode. Um, every 10 episodes or so, we're actually going to try to stop and take a look at another pilot for a popular 90s series that kind of feels like Pokemon to us, or is kind of, you know, in that family of things. Uh, you'll see as we go. And I think we talked about that in the uh, last episode a little bit too. But just going to find a whole bunch of different 90s series to give you a sense of nostalgia all over your bad self, and you know, that's about it. So this week, we're looking at Season 1, Episode 1 of Yu-Gi-Oh! So, my name is Paul, and I'm joined, as always, by Spencer. You can go ahead and say something to our astoundingly magnificent listeners. All right. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here again. Is it Yu-Gi-Oh? Yu-Gi-Go? Yu-Gi-No? I don't know. I was trying to come up with a good pun. I I don't got, you know, the Yu-Gi-Oh puns I do with Pokemon, because, you know, this is actually more or less my first experience with it. You know, I've seen... I've seen the occasional bits and pieces of episodes, but to actually sit down and try and follow or watch the show, no, not a chance. So this is more like a first reaction to the series type show from my my perspective anyway here. Definitely me too. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, a little later on here about kind of our own past with it. But for sure, I'm in the same boat. This is the first time I've sat down and watched an entire episode from beginning to end. I actually watched this episode twice. I just watched it once to kind of absorb the concept, and then I watched it again to do notes. And uh, yeah, definitely my first time too. This is going to be an interesting episode for us. So. And hopefully our listeners. Yeah, hopefully our listeners too. Um, I don't know. I know it can be kind of weird if, if you're a big Pokemon fan and it's something totally outside of your realm and you know nothing about Yu-Gi-Oh! But I'd like to think that a lot of people who were part of Pokemon fandom kind of also cross over into Yu-Gi-Oh! So, you know, you can let us know if you like it, if you like the idea or not. Um, in the meantime, we're going to probably keep doing this once every 10 episodes or so. Look at some interesting shows. I We've talked about a few already, and I think there could be some really fun stuff. So Yeah, yeah. throwing around a few ideas back and forth of shows we could do too, so... Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so first things first, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! as a franchise. Um, so one of the fundamental things about Yu-Gi-Oh! is that it was born from a Japanese manga series about gaming. Um, so the manga was written and illustrated by Kazuki Takahashi. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself right now. Um, it, ra- <laughs> it ran in Shueisha's weekly Shonen Jump magazine from September 30th, 1996 until March 8th, 2004. So almost a decade that manga ran. Um, so this is, this is pretty wild. It was originally conceived as a horror series. Um, this began to shift because Takahashi... Taka- nope. Takahashi wanted to have a central theme around battle, but so many manga are already focused around that theme that he was kind of struggling to come up with an idea that felt original. This led him to flesh out kind of a type of uh, fighting that would occur without direct physical contact, so maybe something like telekinetics or something like that. Um, But in the long run, uh, he wound up Thinking about it as a game, and this is kind of, as the legend says about the creation of the show, as soon as he began to think of it as a game, the whole concept for Yu-Gi-Oh! began to kind of come together for him. Uh, So, ironically, while there were eventually um, Yu-Gi-Oh! video games, uh, the presence of tabletop role-play games in Yu-Gi-Oh! is a major kind of social stance by Takahashi. Um, He believes very strongly in the um, importance of communication between people that's fostered through 
uh, like TTRPGs, um, in contrast to the solidarity of video games. So, like, he really believes in the power of that community and getting together with people to play games uh, one-on-one, which is kind of a cool concept. So that had a lot to do with that being such a central part of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, so that actually doesn't just come from kind of, let's have a cool idea. That's something that actually meant a great deal to the creator. Um, so yeah, and of course, bearing in mind that this was in the mid-90s, uh, so he had no clue what was going to happen with online gaming. You have to keep that kind of in perspective as I, I talk about this, because obviously there's such a community involved in online gaming now, it's absolutely insane. But all this is happening in the mid-90s, and nobody has any idea that that's going to happen. So... Um, so, as far as the TV show is concerned, um, this, like... So, first of all, I thought Yu-Gi-Oh! happened earlier than it did. I don't know about you. Um, so the show, um, came out in Japan on TV Asahi, um, April 4th, 1998. So I thought Yu-Gi-Oh! predated that. I thought it would have come out kind of around the Pokemon area of, like, 97-ish. Like, did that jive with what you thought, or is 98 kind of... And around what you thought? Um, I didn't really have a lot of thoughts. Like, I didn't... I don't know. Like, I like I said, I wasn't big into Yu-Gi-Oh. I didn't really watch it as a kid. I always watched Pokemon and stuff. But Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. here and there, maybe just flipping through channels or something. Um, but no, something interesting that did come up when I was watching the episode, or something I was thinking about, and I knew you were doing, like, some research into this, and something I wanted to ask you when I was watching is, like, you know what came first? The TV show or the card game? <laughs> because... To me, it looks like, you know, it was it, the TV show was based around this card game. But then you kind of just answered it and said there was a manga that came out before <laughs> any of this? And that's where it got its start? Yes! Okay. Yeah, that's actually where it came from. Contrary to a lot of these series and, and things that we saw kind of make the jump from Japan over to here, this wasn't so much a marketing ploy for something in the first place as it just conveniently worked out. Um, so the, um, I'll jump ahead a little bit because I, I do have a bit to say about the TV show too and when that came out. Um, but the TV show came out in 1998 and the trading card game came out in Japan in 1999. So it definitely, the show came first and the cards were just a tie-in to that. Wow. Okay. So, no. yeah. I, yeah. Not what you would expect. No, I was eh? thinking <laughs> if, after watching the first episode, I'm like, it looks like they made this show based on the card game to be honest, but, uh. Okay, yeah. 100%. That's what It that, does. It looks that way 100%. Yeah, that's what I kind of got the feeling of watching the first episode here that you know we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about today. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I wanted to check in because I thought you may have stumbled across that or have information in it about that when you're researching it. And it turns out you do. So, no, that's cool to know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, no, the role of the codes is just, just kind of him, you know, expressing that passion for gaming and, and wanting gaming to be a part of this. And that's the form that it wound up taking. Um, now I wonder about the timing of that because it, it never came up in, in my research one way or the other, but I feel like maybe there's a possibility that the Pokemon codes could have predated this by like a few months to the point that maybe he might have subliminally seen that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I'm not sure. I'd have to look into that a little bit closer. Yeah, because they all came out around the same time. And, and that was around the time when maybe even a little bit later when you know, these trading card games were starting to get big and, like, you know, kids were playing them at schools and they became popular, right? Like, like we've talked about yeah. in, in our Pokemon episodes, our past experiences with Pokemon. Like, we had Pokemon cards when we were in elementary school and that was, like, the thing, the big thing. All the kids had them and people liked to trade and battle them and all that, so. 
It was all around that yeah, same exactly. kind of time frame, right? Yeah. Um, so now talking about when the show came out, I had just said 98, and now I need to clarify on that a little bit as I continue. So the Yu-Gi-Oh! show that actually debuted in Japan in 1998 was simply called Yu-Gi-Oh! Which is what we kind of talk about, how we talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! Over, over here. But the Yu-Gi-Oh! we're familiar with is Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Um, that would actually start in 2000 in Japan and would come over here in 2001. I actually got that right, finally. Um, when Duel Monsters came along in Japan, it caused a renewed interest in the original manga. And the odd thing about this is that that led to an outcry from Japanese parents. Because apparently the, that original manga is quite dark. And even sexual at times. Um, so they, they cited dark storylines, leggy girls, and terrifying monsters. Um, <laughs> Isn't that like half the things that come out of Japan? <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's just like. Um, so they they figured that was probably better suited to teenagers than younger kids, um, and cited that younger children should be watching shows more like Pokemon. Now, with that in mind, Pokemon has some very questionable moments in it as well. If you're really gonna come down on dark storylines, leggy girls, and terrifying monsters, I mean, that's. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about some of that so, in the past, too. So, Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. But anyways, so that makes me kind of curious about the manga. Uh, but after getting myself completely tied in knots trying to talk about the TV series, because, oh my god, there was a lot of them, I'm now going to try to move on and talk about the trading card game. So wish me luck. Good luck. I know. So, <laughs> a big part of Yu-Gi-Oh, obviously, over here is the TCG. Um, that arrived in North America in March of 2002 after being released in Japan in 1999. Uh, as we talked about kind of a little bit earlier, that's kind of interesting because in this case, that didn't predate the show. Um, and it's a lot later than I freaking thought. Uh, finding out that it got here in 2002, I thought it was here a lot earlier than that. Knowing that I was, what, 14? When it caught, that doesn't track in my head. Yeah, um, that's... But, yeah. I that's know, what, right? Junior high, right? Middle school, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, like so. I don't. Yeah. That's that's late. I don't. So, uh, but do you know who owned it originally? I do not. Konami. Really? Video game. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. So you're familiar with them, right? Oh yeah, the Konami code. Everyone knows yeah. the Konami code. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like, it's inc- like, I was really taken aback by that. Like I was like, "Holy crap! Really?" I can see it like starting all the games of my childhood. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. It's Ding. pretty wild. Um, yeah. Um, and so in the United States, though, it was operated by Upper Deck until 2008, but then Konami took control over the U.S. operations as well, and now they run everything globally. So, okay. uh, so even though Pokemon... It is, yeah, it probably is. So even though Pokemon was an absolute force to be reckoned with in the TCG world, it didn't stand a chance against Yu-Gi-Oh, believe it or not. As of March 31st, 2011, Konami Japan had sold 25.2 billion cards! And okay. how many did Pokemon sell? Like, what? <laughs> Since 1999. Uh, that, that is a shocker to me. Like, I would have bet money down. Like, I would have put money down that Pokemon was bigger. I know. So I don't have an exact number for Pokemon. What I do know is that that's a 25 billion. When they crossed the 22 billion mark, they got certified as the top-selling trading card game in the world. What? You so, did? Yeah. 
That goes so, against like, bye everything bye I know. <laughs> bye bye Pokemon. Bye bye. Like I mean, just bye bye everything. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a bit of history with some of the card game stuff. I don't know if you want to get into that now, or if you had a section for that later. But uh, I mean, I can talk a little um, bit about well, that. Actually, you know, funny thing is, I was just about to say, in April of this year, um, a faster-paced variation of the trading game is trading card game is coming out called Rush Duel. Um, and that did I say in April it's coming? No, in April it came. It's here. Ta-da! Look at that. Oh my God! Incredible, isn't it? Time flies. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Rush Duel is now available in the Japanese market. So there's a whole new variation of Yu-Gi-Oh that just came out this year. So, and I don't get the impression they rework it that often. They do the different seasons with the different creatures that come out and stuff like that. But I, this seems like it was a pretty big deal for the community. So, yeah. yeah. So I thought I'd mention that. <laughs> yeah, and this twenty-five billion was before this rush thing came out too, right? Like, yeah. So that's even going to propel that further. It seems like I don't know. When, when was that? Twenty-five billion was in two thousand nine. Yeah. Or, no, it was in um. Uh, 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 March 31st, 2011. Okay, yeah. So, so, yeah, quite a while ago now. They got certified in 2009 for being the highest selling, and then they blew it away by another $3 billion by 2011. That, that, that floors me. I know. Like, I was yeah. so shocked. To me, it, it's like the third tier or something of the trading card game world, you know? Yeah! Agreed. Like, I always thought Magic and Pokemon were above that. But anyway, yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I would have thought both of those were above it. Hell, I would have thought Pogs outsold Yu-Gi-Oh, for God's <laughs> sakes. Like, I mean, what the... Like, I had no idea. I, I still have some old Pogs somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that brings us to our past with the show. And since I've been talking really unsuccessfully uh, for, like, 25 minutes now, why don't you go ahead and say something? Why don't you get us started here? Tell me about your past. I don't know if it's been quite 25 minutes. I, I don't have, like like I said, I don't have a, a, a huge past with the with the show. Because, like, like I said, I didn't really watch the show. I do have a little bit um, more so going into the trading card side of things. Like, I didn't play the trading card game myself. But back in junior high, elementary, or middle school, whatever you want to call it, um, yeah, there we had this class. Like, one of the teachers would open up her classroom, and we could play at lunch. Play, you know, there's a group of guys that would always go in and play different trading cards games at lunch. And most of us played Magic, myself included. Okay. And But there was always, you know, a few guys who played Yu-Gi-Oh! in there, too. Like, we, you know, we were the nerds of the school, so it wasn't like, packed or anything but we had our little group you know and there's a couple guys that played both but magic was definitely the bigger one at my school uh you know okay. there's only the small handful of you know a few people that played Yu-Gi-Oh and a couple of them even played magic too but uh and then other than that i never really knew people who played Yu-Gi-Oh. um i've known lots of people who've played magic uh, i've met people online that play magic i've tried uh, some of these online variations of Magic the Gathering before. Like, I'm not super big into it and nerdy. Like, I don't even remember what half the stuff does. I still have my cards somewhere. But, uh, no, um, yeah, that, that's basically my only thing with the card game. Like, I, I don't even know how the card game works necessarily. When we get into the actual episode, I don't know if that's, like, kind of them explaining how it works, you know. Uh, I guess I won't get into it too much and save it for when we get into the actual episode here, but yeah, it just... It felt that way. Yeah, because, I don't know. 
It, it just floors me that I can't get that out of my head, you know? I always I figured, you know, Pokemon <laughs> and Magic were at the top. I, I, I was kind of debating, like, which one would I put first? Like, Pokemon was bigger for a long time, but Magic has such a good following or a strong following that I could see Magic yeah. being, you know, they're always coming out with new stuff. I always see them. Like, even at the grocery store, or maybe not grocery store, but, like, stores where you would buy cards, right? I see usually yeah. see more Magic and... Um, Pokemon cards there than Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and maybe that's just like um, a location thing, right? Like maybe just where we are, Magic and Pokemon are bigger than Yu-Gi-Oh, but it could be yes, other places. It, like maybe Japan, it's a lot bigger, right? Or certain mm. parts of the states, or other parts of Canada, or whatever, you know, just way bigger. Um, yeah. Could be. So I can't, I can't get a side by side. I was trying to figure out um, how many. Yu-Gi-Oh cards have been sold today. Okay. And I can't get a side-by-side because I can get Pokemon statistics for today, but I can't get Yu-Gi-Oh statistics for today. Right. So, and and now Pokemon has surpassed that 27, uh, that whatever I had said earlier there. Um, it's it surpassed that 22, 25 billion mark, but so has Yu-Gi-Oh because it's been 10 years. Yeah. And I w- Right, so... Yeah, and I wonder where magic lays in there now. Because that's just, I don't know, mm-hmm. I always put those three, and then under that, even further, would be something like Digimon cards, right? Yeah, ew, dirty. Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. Like, or or some unknown trading card game that maybe we don't know about, some new one or something. Yeah, like, it's possible there, very, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, something that's very regional, that, yeah. like, uh, one country just buys it up. Um, as far as magic goes, all I can tell you is that Wizards of the Coast printed between 2008 and 2016 they printed 20 billion cards that doesn't attest to how many they sold though they printed how many sorry 20 billion okay that's that's pretty good so i don't know how that so i mean i would say that all of these things are very close yeah in numbers do you know what i mean like relative yes a few billion off from each other I was going to say, 2 billion isn't a small number, but also we're talking about 22 billion. So between 20 and 22 billion, I mean, you, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. It's all relative, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's all relative, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. so is that pretty much, that's pretty much sums up your past with it, eh? Yeah, more or less. Like I said, just a couple people I knew that played it in, in uh, middle school. Wow, yeah. Well, I wonder, this makes me wonder now if this is kind of. If the popularity of it is kind of generational, um, and maybe before that, I should say, so this wasn't something that was banned then in your school or at all frowned upon, not the way the Pokemon was, eh? Uh, not in in uh, middle school or junior high, right? It was in elementary mm-hmm. school, but again, Yu-Gi-Oh! wasn't really a thing when we were in elementary school. It was all Pokemon, and the Game Boy games were yeah. banned, and the card game was banned. Everything Pokemon was banned, so... Okay, more just because of the hysteria, almost, got everybody thinking and worrying about it. Yeah, and our principal thought was all about, it's a big gambling game, or that's all it is, is gambling for kids. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh! had so much of a, the kids are doing this new thing now and you won't believe what it is at 11. Like, I don't think there was such a hysteria over Yu-Gi-Oh! like there was with Pokemon. Yeah, that's fair. Um... Yeah, but still, top-selling card game. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I also had very little exposure to Yu-Gi-Oh! over the years. 
uh, when it came out, I didn't like it at all. Um, but when it came here, by the time it came here, I mean, I guess I was like 12. So, and that was as, like, probably for a lot of people, that was a complicated time for me. Um, as with a lot of people, I think, probably, I don't know, you're almost a teenager and stuff. Yeah. So, largely, I think the main reason I hated it was because I kind of, like, I think I was feeling like I was beginning to outgrow those kind of shows, but also it wasn't something I was protective over, like, Pokemon or Power Rangers or something like that. Yeah. You know? Um, because it wasn't part of my, you know, d- childhood relative to 12 years old. You know what I mean? It wasn't part of my legacy at that point. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I don't know. But in general, I was really hurt on new shows when I was a kid or any show that I felt ripped something off. Like, I didn't like Digimon. I didn't like VR Troopers. I didn't like Dragon Ball. But not for any real reason, just because they weren't the first thing I saw. I saw Pokemon, and then Digimon and Dragon Ball didn't stand a chance. Neither did Yu-Gi-Oh. They weren't I saw Pokemon. Power Rangers, VR... Yeah. No, exactly. I saw Power Rangers, VR Troopers didn't stand a chance. And better yet, because Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was the first series I watched, Turbo didn't stand a chance. No consecutive series stood a chance in my books. Like... I was just going to say, I feel like, as people, we kind of tend to do that kind of thing too a lot, right? It's not necessarily just with yeah. TV shows. It's like, the first thing we try is like, that's what we like, and we don't necessarily want to branch out and try other things. Like, oh, I, I tried, you know, Mango Milkshake first or something from... So and so, and I loved it so much that I don't want to try any of the other flavors, you know? Like, I just always go back for mango. Yeah. I think. It's the same kind of idea, I think, but uh, I don't know. No, definitely. Maybe yeah, it's not enough. fair, but. Uh, but now, yeah. now I try to be more explorative. Like, if I had found out that somebody who made a series made another show, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have qualms about going and watching it. Whereas when I was 12, it was like, no, screw all of you. I want no part of any other show. It's Pokemon or nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. But, um,. <clears throat> So, uh, long story short, I don't know, I saw Yu-Gi-Oh! as either beneath my demographic or just as an intruder upon my precious television, um, so I never regarded it much. But later on, when I was older, like, maybe, like, 18, 20, I knew people with kids, and, like, I would watch people's kids and stuff like that, and whatever, and that was kind of when I started seeing more Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff. So this would have been around 2006, 2008-ish. So Yu-Gi-Oh! was in its Yu-Gi-Oh! Capsule Monsters and Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D phase. Whatever the hell those things are. Uh, <laughs> capsule Monsters. I I, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> sorry. It's not that kind of show. I don't, I just, I don't know what to say. Um, so, uh, but it's an interesting thing, though, with Capsule Monsters, oddly enough. It ran for 12 episodes uh, between September 9th, 2006 and the 25th of that year. And guess who directed it? Mr. Eric Stewart. And you might remember that that's Brock. That wasn't who I was going to guess, but okay. That's very cool. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he directed uh, an entire season, with that said, only 12 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! 5D. Or, no, sorry, of Yu-Gi-Oh! Capsule Monsters. So, I thought that was kind of dope. That's still pretty cool, yeah. Um... Yeah, so so I found that out just because I was looking at what was out around 2006, 2008 when I started noticing it again, but I thought that was interesting when I found it. Uh, but yeah, so in general, uh, me too, like, I mean, I, I didn't even really have friends that played it one way or the other. Like, I knew people who's who, like, had younger kids who were really into it and stuff like that, but it felt just... And that was later on in life, of course. That wasn't when I was at the demographic for it. So it really had very little impact on me when it came out. Yeah. Um, but any attention I did pay to it was definitely negative because I was just like, get off my television, you're not Pokemon. But, you know, that's not fair. So today was definitely the very first time I watched a whole episode. Yeah, you and me both. Um, 
Yeah. Speaking of which, should we talk about this episode? I think we should. Get our first uh, impressions here and uh, go through it. I do believe so. It's definitely uh, interesting. That's right. Today we are watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters Season 1, Episode 1, The Heart of the Cards, also known as the Blood-Curdling Blue-Eyes White Dragon, which I think, because it's also known, I think that's the Japanese title, probably. Okay. Um, so this episode was directed by Eric Stewart. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? One of the 12? <laughs> this episode... Uh, no, 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 This just this episode in particular. Uh, the, the other one, he did the whole season of okay. it. Okay. But still, he's back! <laughs> he's here. So, and I can't help, I didn't know at what point to tell you this, but this whole episode, I'm gonna do a cast spotlight at the end, is just a whole damned Pokemon reunion. You have no idea <laughs> how many people you know that are in here. Okay? <laughs> I'm looking forward to this and a little excited, a little scared, and... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> so this episode was originally written by Junki Takagami, Shin Yoshida, Masashi Sogo. That's who originally wrote it over um, in Japan, and then it was adapted in North America by Matthew Duradick. You would not believe how that last name is spelled. Um, Lloyd Goldfine and Roger Slipher. So. Wow, that was a list of names to get through for me, especially on a day when I can barely talk, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess just heading straight on into the episode, uh, unless you had any, any personnel things to bring up, but that's generally more me. No, I, I got nothing. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's jump yeah. in. All right, awesome. So, I got to say, the opening theme for this is kind of freaking sick. What did you think of that? Yeah, that was cool. The Showing, like, all these different uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! monsters, uh, like a little battling things going on here and there. Oh, I like yeah. It. Pretty good music. Some of those angles, yeah. And I was going to say, some of those angles felt kind of Pokemon, but I want to say that's just kind of a, an anime thing in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wanted to try and get away from trying to compare it to Pokemon too much on my end, just because I'm like, oh, well, when we get into the episodes, like, well, they're battling with monsters. Like, it's it's Pokemon, but it's in a different world. It's I don't know. You know. Yeah, just, just, just run, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so I continue. For the on. record, I'm probably. I was gonna say for the record, I'm probably not gonna avoid comparing it to Pokemon if that's something you're trying to. Oh do. no, no, I'm uh, personally no, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um. So yeah, we open on a nice first-person perspective of Joey, who's looking at a handful of cards, and immediately there's a far more computer-assisted feeling to this animation. Did you notice that? No, but I watched it on a small screen. Oh, okay, yeah. So things are a little bit steadier than Pokemon. Things are a little bit um, more... Like, they have this way of doing um, uh, just perspective. So, like, certain things are in focus, certain things aren't. Like, stuff that Pokemon wasn't necessarily as good at, because you definitely got the feeling it was more hand-drawn. Here, I believe this was probably hand-drawn, but definitely enhanced on computer afterwards. Okay. Um, it's not a problem with that at all. Um, and also, I was going to say, I think I took it right out of my notes altogether, but something about that, too, I mean... The 90s, between 90 and 2000, so much changed in animation that it doesn't surprise me I see a difference between this and Pokemon because two years is an eternity during those years. Oh, it really is. Um, Not from personal experience, but uh, I saw this girl for a while and 
she knew knew a couple of people that were really big into animations and anime in general and like she's she told me that this guy could you could show him any animation he could tell you what year it was animated just based on how it looked it was it's pretty yeah cool. like, wow it you could that's tell that much of a difference just year by year so yeah i mean that's insane and i mean by far that's that's a talent but it is it moves so fast that like you can just if you broadly gaze at animation over that whole period of time anime and otherwise i mean you watch pixar happen you watch all these things happen that change the way we look at animation yeah so i mean yeah year by year there's definitely a difference like yeah interesting for sure um, so, uh, it looks like we're at a high school during this first scene. Yeah, that's what uh, that's I got what I from, get from that. from that establishing shot. Yeah. Uh, Joey's buried in his codes, and Yugi is trying to get his attention. Now, now, I'm, I don't know if I should be embarrassed to admit this. I guess not, because I have a Pokemon podcast, not, not a uh, Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. Up until this moment, I literally didn't know that the main character's name was Yugi. <laughs> really? So, yeah, so I heard that. I was like, Yugi, oh. That's the only Yu-Gi-Oh pun I have. But legit, that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. The crowd goes well. No, I mean, I always assumed his name was Yu-Gi-Oh. But, uh, I-, I didn't, because, like, Pokemon, the guy's name isn't fair. Pokemon. That's like, fair. I figured Yu-Gi-Oh was, like, something they had to scream to summon their monsters or something. Like, I never well, thought that was a guy's name, especially the way it's hyphenated. That's true, too. I actually also thought the cards were what was called Yu-Gi-Oh. That's actually not his name. I thought the cards were called Yu-Gi-Oh. But apparently, or the card game was called Yu-Gi-Oh. But apparently in this season, it's called Duel Monsters, not Yu-Gi-Oh. You know what? That's true. And I, I, I make a note of that here in like two seconds. But then throughout the rest of the thing, I continue to call them Yu-Gi-Oh cards, I think. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I always knew them. Yeah, I knew them as Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'm sure that's what the people played them called them as. But in this episode, they call them duo monsters. Yeah, I don't know. No. So, someone named Tristan comes up behind Joey and brofully puts him in a chokehold, and then we hear Joey talk for the first time. And oh my lord, uh, Joey is clearly from Jersey, and I don't know why. <laughs> Um, did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, if his accent is going to be that strong, all the other people's accents should probably be that strong, or most of them. Like... It definitely stood out to me. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) This kind of thing again? Kind of like where we had that episode in Pokemon where we had that guy with just such a thick southern accent. It's like, wait, what? That's what it made me think of right away. Yeah, nice, like all yeah. these super specific regional U.S. accents. Like what? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so this, uh, there's this bit where Joey says Yugi uh, says that Yugi is teaching him to play dual monsters, and Tristan's like dual monsters. Like, oh my god. Anywho, um, I get the idea that the two boys are supposed to be several years older than Yugi. Is am I projecting that onto them, or does that kind of track with you too? Um, yes, but more so, I don't know if it's from how it's set up in this episode, but, because, like, it appears they're friends, and, I don't know, generally, in when I went to school, like, most people were just friends with people in their own grade, you know, because you always went to classes with them and stuff, so the fact that he's friends with this whole group makes me think he's either, like, would be a younger sibling to somebody in the group, or he's in the same grade, but then, like, height-wise, and, like, just... 
he looks smaller, but then maturity wise, he almost seems like he might be a little older. So it's, I don't know. I can I didn't have much. Yeah. I was kind of confused, but no, it's very confusing. Cause I mean, they seem to be like maybe four years apart. Like they seem to be really different ages. Yeah. Like, and so they shouldn't be in the same classes. Uh, then you bring up the sibling thing that could, I mean, that could kind of explain it, yeah. But I guess, too, like, in a couple seconds, we're going to find out that Yugi is, like, the best ever at what he does. So maybe that's the only connection. Like, maybe he just sought out this kid. Yeah, he just sought out this kid because he's the only one that can teach him to do what he does. Like, maybe that's all it comes down to. I don't know, but... Maybe he's um, just a prodigy and he's really smart and skipped four years of school. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe that's it, too. I don't know. Um, So then after the Drool Monsters thing, Tristan gets pushed away and he collides with a young girl... Who may be his girlfriend? Do we ever, ever hear her name? I don't, don't ask me. I don't think so. I don't know. Who the hell is she? Um, I got to the bottom of that and I'll talk about it when I do the cast, cast spotlight, but I don't think they ever say her name. Yeah, they probably, I mean, assuming she's a recurring character in the show, I'm sure they'll say it later episodes, but we're only doing the first episode here, so yeah. Well, yes, but that would be a good time to tell us people's names. I mean, come on. (laughs) Hey, they didn't introduce Rock or anything in the first episode of Pokemon. I guess. (laughs) We didn't see him. (laughs) I'm trying to justify something here. I hear you. I hear you. It's fair enough. Um, so then he gets pushed into this young girl anyways, uh, what's her name, as Green Day would say, uh, deep cut there. Um, he, we learned that Joey wants to become better, and Yugi is, like, a freaking Yu-Gi-Oh master. Um, so then there's this dry, almost video game-style tutorial by the girl, where she just lays out the idea of life points, which are just basically hit points, um, and how that factors into the cards. Uh, so basically, don't get hit a bunch. You don't want your hit points to go down, but they're not hit points now. They're life points. That's all it boils down to. Yeah. So it quickly becomes apparent that they're playing Yu-Gi-Oh! in the show, which, and that's what's in my notes. I read that verbatim, but yeah, you're right. Dual Monsters is what they're calling it. But they're yeah. clearly playing the card game on the show, unlike Pokemon, where the cards were a merchandising simulation of the battles between physical Pokemon. Here, it's literally just about watching people play cards. <laughs> Yeah, and so, that's why I thought the card game came first, too. Because the thing has seemed like that, right? It's like, okay, so they're taking the card game and bring it to the real world, kind of like how we talked about in the very first episode of Pokemon, where they took the Game Boy version and started that out and put it into the real world, right? Or into the, sorry, the animated yeah. world of Pokemon. Yeah. So that's kind of where yeah. what I was thinking going into this, but... Yeah. I know, completely. I, I That's but what I would have thought. Apparently, so, I'm... And like I said, wrong. I watched this... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and I watched, like I said, I watched this episode twice, and I watched it once, and then I did all the research in the notes, and then I watched, well, I did all the research, and then I watched it again and did the notes. So the first time I watched it, I didn't know that it uh, played out that way, the timeline. So I assumed that, yeah, like, this is a blatant ad for the cards. Yeah. Like, and somehow it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it turns out this came uh, first. Yeah, so... Joey plays a card, then Yugi plays a card, and Yugi wins. We don't find out what either one of these cards are. Sloppy pi- piloting, in my opinion, but whatever. Um, like, wouldn't that be a good time to introduce us to some shit? Yeah. I mean... Unless these yeah. cards Anyways, just really don't matter. Oh. I guess, but... I don't, then then play different cards. You, you're making a show from scratch. You can control that. <laughs> like... <laughs> but anyways, we learn that Yugi won because he has all the best cards because his grandpa runs a game shop. 
So Joey's immediately into this. He's like, a game shop? Let's go check it out. And Yugi tells him that his grandpa even has an ultra rare card. And then we see at this nearby table, Team Rocket, I mean, sorry, someone is listening in. And he thinks that, and he, and he thinks that the rare card is quote the one he's been looking for. Um, then cuts to the game shop, and the did you? Uh, yeah, at least he hopes it is. Yeah, uh, we're gonna talk about that gentleman here in just a second. But um, we cut to the game shop. Did you notice? And again, like you, like I think I did way more detailed notes. We talked about this. Uh, totally cool. But did you notice the establishing shot of the game shop? The logo for the game shop. So uh, the, the A on the I, sign I remember, like, is just green the Star Trek symbol. Is it really? Yeah, but <laughs> I did the A on the sign on is just the Star Trek symbol. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Um, and that that shot of the store also could have easily been out of Rocco's modern life. It just had this really weird <laughs> style to it that did seem like it fit. Like, they just gave it to an intern. Like, this part doesn't matter. Like, it was really weird. Here, just it throw really it in. struck me. Um... Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's weird. A uh, Vaco's Water Life, by the way. <laughs> Bonus episode. His game um, shop looks really small. Do you remember that Possibly. show? Yeah, it does. No. Do you remember Vaco's? But oh no, no. But that doesn't mean oh. I haven't seen it or anything. Because remember, we did this before with like Doug and a couple other shows. You're like, did you remember this? I'm like, I don't know. And then you showed it to me, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember this for sure. That could be one of those two. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, well, I won't get sidetracked on that right now. So here we meet his grandpa, and uh, he says, I'm home, so presumably he lives in the shop with his grandpa? This tiny, tiny shop? Yeah. Check? Like, I, like what? So, because, I mean, I, like what? Because we never learn about his parents or anything. Like, I mean, like, th- there's, no, there's no reason for him to live at, in a card shop with his grandfather, but apparently he does. So Yugi's like... Uh, can you show my friends your special card? And he thinks about it for a second, and then he pulls out this little lockbox, and inside he's got a blue-eyes white dragon card that's so rare and so powerful that he never lets it leave his hand. But also he wasn't holding it a minute ago, and it sits in a lockbox, so that's categorically false. But anyways, um, also, does it bother you that the name blue-eyes white dragon just seems like either a sloppy translation or the worst name for something ever? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, kind of. And have, when they, they show the card, it doesn't look white to me. Like it looks like a silver, a metallic blue or a silver dragon. Thing, you know, like yeah, how do you get off calling it a white dragon? Like, <laughs> no shit, and, I totally didn't even like. Yeah. I noticed that, but didn't think about it. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I guess, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, it's apparently super rare because there's only four. In existence, yes. he tells us or something? That's super important. Yes, yeah. that's super important. Yeah. Um, so Joey, well, I, there's this whole bit of like Tristan grabbing it and he's being a douchebag. And uh, the relationship between these older kids and Yugi is kind of uncertain because they're kind of asses to him. But I kind of feel like this is also there's something realistic about that. Like he takes a bit of a joshing at their hands, but they're still okay to him. They're not exactly bullying him. You yeah. know? Yeah, I get that. I don't know. But, so Joey acknowledges that it's, like, way too fancy for him and asks if there's some other ones to help him get started out. But just then, uh, Sito Kaiba appears. I gotta say that name a lot today. I gotta get comfortable with it. Um, and we find out that he's a a big shot and the favorite to win the Duel Monsters Championship. Uh, I'll have you know right now it's killing me not to tell you who's playing all these people. Um. (laughs) I can't wait for the wrap up here. 
Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to save it for the cast spotlight, even though I keep wondering if I should just say it now for people, but I don't know. But so we find Brock. out that um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I like. I think it might be Brock. Okay. Yeah, you could tell the voice. Yeah, it was a little darker, raspier, but uh, like I kind of hear Brock in this. I didn't think much. Yeah, of it, but... and he slowed it down a bit. Yeah, he yeah. is. It is Brock. Yeah. Okay. Very so, nice. Yes, and. Uh, Oh, okay, I'll also—I guess I'll also say—and then I'll stop with the people because I also just really want to say that the grandpa yeah. is Maddie Blostein. Who was that again? That name is familiar. Who we talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. big time. Um, so uh, oh, you did an actor spotlight to, on is Meowth for several episodes. Also, is not the samurai, but the scientist, the Simoy, the scientist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's. So yeah, I, that was kind of interesting, um, yeah, and nice. also I think like assorted voices. So I wasn't, yeah, I yeah. don't have the actor spotlight up for her, but we did talk about her a lot during a previous episode. <clears throat> yeah, cool. Um, yeah. So uh, J- uh, yeah. So Joey acknowledges, dude shows up. Uh, <laughs> just to figure out where my notes I am. Um, him and Joey talk some smack. Yeah. So Brock shows up. <laughs> I gotta stop doing that. Um, uh, Kaiba shows up and him and Joey talk some smack even though Joey just started playing and Joey says maybe we should solve this with fists instead of cards which seems like a rapid escalation but also seems to be an ongoing trend like how often have we seen this in Pokemon like we're supposed to be battling with the Pokemon but also by the way I could just come over there and punch you <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what <laughs> So, uh, then Kaiba gets a view of this um, blue-eyes white dragon code, and he goes gaga over it. He offers the grandpa a briefcase full of Yu-Gi-Oh codes for this one code, um, and he says no. Then he offers him money, too, but the code isn't for sale. And we learn that that's because the code has sentimental value, because it was given to him by a dear friend. Um, by which, of course, we mean a, a cherished friend, not a friend who's actually a dear um, so Kaiba is furious. He leaves and he's like, hiding the codes, ridiculous. Which I think he just coined that. I don't think the grandpa ever actually said that. Which might be like a dubbing issue. Because <laughs> that's obviously something we're supposed to understand. I mean, it's the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah, but up to this point, the grandpa has only said that the codes have bonded with his heart. He never used the phrase heart in the codes, but then yeah. Kaiba walks on and is like, hearts in the codes, ridiculous. Like, where did he even get that from? There's nothing to do. Nobody said yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a dubbing so, thing there. Yeah, I definitely think so. So then we get a shot of, wait, is that, yeah, I didn't know. I wrote, it's his code. Uh, do you know the scene I'm talking about? Is that his car, or are we just seeing a random car drive by? I don't know. I would assume it's his, because, <laughs> I mean, it, we saw him in the back, like, presumably a limo driver, some kind of driver, right? Not necessarily a limo, but, you know, a driver yeah. driving him around, so maybe they just panned his car yeah, and panned like, his building. Yeah, it's like an executive know. limo, like one of just yeah. an ex- extended sedan thing. Yeah, but then they do, I see what you're saying, the shot of the car and then pan up to the building, we're supposed to time-lapse that. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense. So yeah, that's his car then, definitely. And uh, so yeah, anyway, so then he gets to uh, then he gets to his place. He has a great big tower. He's he's basically the the guy, what's his name? <laughs> Tony Stark. He's basically Tony Stark. <laughs> um, so Man. he's got this big... Yeah, so he's got this big tower with his name written on the front and all all this great supervillain stuff. 
Um, and we hear him. We don't actually go inside. We just see the outside. And we hear him instruct henchmen to go pick up something from the card shop. And I bet I know what it is. So three men show up at the shop. And they basically tell Yugi's grandpa, who's there alone now, uh, that they're there to bring him back to Kaiba for a battle. Uh, so then his grandpa is like... Young Kaiba doesn't understand, but I'll teach him a lesson about the heart of the cards. And there you have it. Finally, somebody's, like, said the, like, heart of the cards. title verbatim. Well, now, um, even though they almost did before, now we've got that title out there verbatim. Great. I hope they don't say it another 400 times. They're going to. Spoiler alert. So, uh, <laughs> a little later, um, Joey, Tristan, and Yugi, and the girl, who I still don't think they've told us her name, show up at the shop, and obviously Yugi's grandpa is gone. Um, then a call comes in, and it's Kaiba. We get a, a ransom note phone call here, uh, saying that he's got his grandfather. He says that Yugi's grandfather isn't feeling good, and he should come pick him up. Why so Yugi's concerned. Phone? I know, I know. Like how? Oh. Did, but I, I guess that's just a TV thing, though. How did he know he was there? Like at exactly that time, just because it's convenient, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's such a classic TV thing. Yeah. That's yeah. so dumb, though. I agree, a hundred percent. Like he just. I know it always happens. Like, but yeah. I like to imagine that he's just been calling for the last four hours, or he's just <laughs> exhausted. His fingers are blistered from dialing. Like, just, just hoping you'll eventually pick up. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot better. That's what he's been doing. Yeah. He he didn't just Definitely. happen to call once. And as soon as Yugi walks into his grandpa's shop, he's been calling for four hours straight. I like it. That's yeah. exactly what happened, Definitely. everybody. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> This is canon now. <laughs> so, because we say so. Um, yeah, because we say so. Uh, so Yugi's all worried, and he's uh, he goes running over to find out what's happened to his grandfather. Uh, when he gets there, his grandfather's down on the ground, and he's all prone and weak, and he tells Yugi that he failed to defeat Kaiba, that Kaiba appears, or then Kaiba appears, and we find out that they battled for their most valuable cards, and now he's in possession of the fourth Blue Eyes White Dragon card. I have a question. So then he rips it up. Yes. Why would he risk... Why would he risk losing that card that was so precious to him over a duel when he was like, I'm not going to sell it to you for like millions of dollars or however much I want or all your, all this briefcase with the cards, but I'll risk it for nothing. But my pride on the other hand, yeah, <laughs> this, like, this is grandpa Ash. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like this, it means more to him than all the money he could ask for. It means more to him than this whole big briefcase of all these digital or digital. Sorry, I guess all, all these Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and yet a battle, one little battle. He's he'll risk it. Okay, Jesus, okay. This is something only Ash Ketchum would do. Okay, this is Ash Ketchum grown all grown up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then, and I immediately have another one of those kind of what the hell questions because. He, we find out that he's got the fourth code, but then yes, he rips it question. up. Yes. Oh my. What, what the fuck? So, so, uh, okay. So it's bonded to the grandfather's heart. So does that mean it's no good to him? But also, I'm not going to finish that sentence without saying that two minutes ago, Kaiba didn't buy that shit. So obviously that code is still good. Otherwise, there would have been no point in them battling for the code. Like, yeah. he says, now it can't be used against me. It couldn't be. No more so than any of your other codes. Just keep it. <laughs> yeah, you have it. You're in possession of it. There's no way it can be used against you. Like, okay, sure, there's three more out there. 
that could be used against you, but just keep it. Like, keep that card I'm for yourself. So angry. <laughs> Use it yourself or something. Put it in your deck. I don't know. Put, lock it up so no one else can ever find it. Just, why would you destroy it if there's only four? Uh, Isn't winning codes in a duel literally the entire point of the universe that they live in? Yeah. Maybe. Like, like, wh- why? Why? I'm so mad. And it gets worse. That that gets worse as we go further on, too. Like, once oh we get into that battle and stuff. Oh, my. So, Kaiba says that... Yeah, well, no, yeah, now it can never be used against him. Whatever. I don't give... What fucking hell. Um, so, anyway, so then uh, he... In an intentionally dramatic moment, his grandfather gives the rest of the deck to Yugi um, to, like, carry on his legacy or whatever. So, is he dying? I what the fuck is happening? Don't... <laughs> Why is he hurt so bad? Like, how how intense are these card games that he's, like, in this shape? He's in this position. Like, he's barely on the ground. He's, like, yeah. sounds... Like you said, it sounds like he's dying. Like, how intense are these card battles? Like, I mean, you and I have played cards. We played cards at uh, my mom's or dad's <laughs> place, like, a, a week or two ago. And, like, it didn't get this intense. Like... Yeah! <laughs> were, and I'm a, perfectly fine! <laughs> like, yeah, me too, we're still here talking, like, jeez. <laughs> so, I don't, this is so confusing, I am so confused. So, he he gives him, yeah, whatever, so then he says the name of the title of the episode again. Oh, um, and I'm getting less excited every time. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of dialogue between Yugi and his little entourage of Tristan, Joey, and the girl, whatever her name is. Um, and they tell Yugi to basically go school Kaiba while they get his grandfather to the hospital. So uh, I wrote everybody heads off, and then I realized there's like two more really important scenes first. So before they actually vanish, Nameless Girl takes a magic marker and yes. marks all of their hands with what a special symbol. What is happening? That's supposed to give Yugi confidence when he's dueling. I really wish she just would have written pen 15 on everybody's hand, but okay. Anyways. What is um, this? I know. Like, Why? So... Uh, they all put their hands together. I, you just gotta watch this. I don't like. They all put their hands together, and then she draws a consecutive design across all of their hands somehow with a magic marker. And so when they line all their hands up, they'll match up again. I don't know if they're gonna have this for the rest of the series. They better, otherwise it's super dumb. More than I even thought it was. And this special symbol is supposed to give Yugi confidence when he's dueling because he Extra can look at power. Oh, excuse know. me. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, yeah, because he can, like, look down and look at it and be like, yeah, like, people, I have friends, right? Like, I don't... So, and I think there's a really... There's a there's a line about that, too. About, like, him explaining the purpose of the magic marker. Like, he's got to believe in his friends as much as they believe... Or he's got to believe in his cards yeah. as much as they believe in him. But that's later. I'm jumping ahead. Never mind, I forgot. Um, so, so, yeah, they do this whole magic marker of confidence thing. Um, and then they rush his grandfather outside, and a magical ambulance appears that nobody called. It just knew. Can we talk about that? <laughs> maybe, maybe they called for it on their way over there or something, like, hey. Or maybe the... But they had no idea what was happening. Maybe Kaiba called for it after... Maybe. When they arrived, he's like, oh, Yugi is at my front door, I'm gonna call for the ambulance for this guy now, because I know they're here, I don't... I mean, I guess that seems to not suit his 
character, but also kind of maybe like because his whole thing to doing all this, I'm really glazing over it. Is that like they're like, what did you do to him? And he's like, nothing. It was just a fair fight, and he couldn't take it. Yeah, kind of. Which again, all they did was play cards, so I don't know. But his whole thing is that he didn't do anything. So I could see the old man collapsing and being like, oh, ha 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 ha. I guess I'll get you an ambulance now. You know, like since you can't take the heat, like I guess, but like. Also, no. Like, where but did this animal What else come would it from? be, then? What else would it be? I know. So then they decide in a totally useless freaking extra bit of dialogue that actually, no, they all just went outside, but no. You remember the plan we just made? No, Joey, why don't you go back inside and cheer mom? Because the plan we just made is actually flawed. You know, because nobody's writing this show. We're just doing all this as it happens. So I guess Joey's going back inside now? Why did any of that need to happen? Filler? They needed to make uh, the episode 20 minutes. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and the episode's 20 minutes. This isn't even like a 23-minute episode. Like a lot of these... This is only 20 minutes, and they had to fill that much time. So, I don't know. Uh, back inside, we find out that uh, Kaiba has a giant stadium for battling, which is ever so reminiscent of a Pokemon gym. Yeah. Only and maybe even more epic. Like, there's, they've got these mechanical things that just go into, like, the middle, like, I don't know, cranes or something yeah. that they're just on. So I'm going to mention that. So these cherry pickers, they battle the Yu-Gi-Oh from up on these things. That would be a really good idea in a Pokemon battle. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, like, where are those in Pokemon? How many times have we seen the trainers right beside them? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Exactly. No, I was just going to say, I see a lot of situations that could have been improved by this. So, like, <laughs> box gym for one? Like, I don't know. Like Them at the so, school with a Marowak's literally yeah. throwing a bone right beside Ash's yeah. head? Like, <laughs> Pikachu yes. or something? Exactly. Oh. I don't, this would have been such, this would fit so well into the Pokemon world. I don't understand why they don't have cranes. I mean, I don't know that they don't now, but I mean, in the Pokemon, in the Original. time we live in Pokemon. Yeah. 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 So, in Indigo, sure. but, yeah. so, anyways. So, in this arena, the cards are placed on the surface, in this cherry picker thing, and then, like, a hologram of them appears, so they can watch them battle, and this just seems like Pokemon with extra steps, but okay. So, Kaiba plays a giant. Wait, 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 you missed something important. Oh, did I What? So, Yugi has this weird thing around his neck. It's triangle medallion with an eye. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. what? Okay, so, so far throughout the episode, like, we're halfway through here, and we've established that this guy is, like, a little kid, right? Like, he, he appears yeah. to be younger than all of his friends, but then what, all of a sudden this triangle thing around his neck starts glowing, and we're like, okay, what what is going on? And he shakes it, and like, you know, we get this big yeah. light coming up, and then all of you know, it's just, it's like this big epic scene. There's blue lights going around, and I don't know. It just it, they take like a minute to do this whole thing or something. I don't. But then all of a sudden, Yugi is now like it looks like he's the same age as all his friends. Like he grew, he's like twice as tall, and he's like a. He talks like a teenager. Like his voice changes. I know. Everything. What? I know. I don't. Uh, yeah, okay, the triangle of puberty. Yes. Yes. What? Is that what we're the calling? Fuck? This? <laughs> That's what I'm calling. Yeah. Episode title. 
Nice. Yes. That's so, I yes, thank you. I totally, I don't know how I spent so long in my head about that and somehow it didn't make my notes. I, yes. Like, what? what? is with that? I know. They don't even explain it to, to any extent. Like, why does it make him older? Is he normally older and it makes him younger? And he's just like, what? What is this? We have, we have Joey. Can't decide whether to be outside or inside. We could have used that time to explain why he has a medallion on his neck that turns him into a 20-year-old man. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it doubles his age. What the <laughs> hell is happening? <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, that no. me. I'm so glad you reminded me about that. Yeah, yeah I almost... There's no I don't way know we how cannot. I forgot about that. Yeah, I <laughs> Wow. So, yeah, no, you're so right. So, yeah, so now he's all grown up, apparently. So, Kaiba Kaiba plays a giant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does, which I don't... We could go on and on and on and on and on forever about these kind of things. It takes him by surprise. So, what? Is Yugi the only person with this technology? Has nobody else ever done this before? Is he the only one that can age and then revert back to a little kid? Is that how this works? Like, his medallion just lets him age and revert back? Like, what? I think, what is happening? Maybe they explain it later in the show, and it's it's supposed to be like a hook, you know? It's supposed to get you to keep watching the show, like, well, I gotta keep watching to find out what this does, maybe. but like, what? What? I mean, furthermore, let's say, so now Yugi's, like, our age. Like, let's, like, so now, if he opens up that medallion, is he, like, 60? Yeah, does it just keep going? <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe just another 30 <laughs> years or something? Like, what? <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That should be the title of the show. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's not Yu-Gi-Oh! It's not Duel Monsters. It's what is going on? The show that confuses uh, yeah. well, people. <laughs> no, just this podcast. Because I feel like even oh, in yeah. Pokemon, we spend a lot of time saying what is going on. <laughs> so. But we never noticed it watching it as kids. It's just like, I don't know. You become no, more critical know, as right? we get older and stuff. You know, didn't notice as kids. You start to notice now. It's like, okay. Yeah. Also, there's some things that I guess, and I can't think of an example, but there's some things that I think I did notice as a kid, but it's like you don't know how to categorize that information because there's also so many things in the real world you don't understand. Yeah. There's just like, your brain kind of goes, that's a problem. I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. That's fair, that's fair. Anyway, yeah, like, no, I, okay, sorry, to add on to that, like, I remember thinking, like, with, like, so there's uh, different shows, like, I would think about where the hell did all that space come from? Like, I remember there's a Batman cartoon, and the Joker had this hideout where he would, like, send Batman and Robin down this, like, epic slide, and it was a cartoon. Nobody thought about the space. Nobody gave a shit. It wasn't meant to be pulled apart, but even as a kid, a little piece of me was like, there's not room in that building for that slide. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I don't, and I clearly remember noting that. Like, yeah, it was, it was a big enough difference or big enough. It was so much out of place that you noticed it and were able to pick that out and say, "Hey, something's wrong here." Like, what? Yeah, and I wonder if I wouldn't have if I had watched this as a kid. I wonder if I wouldn't have just kind of gone, "What?" Huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, so anyway, so Kaba plays a giant. And Yugi plays a winged dragon. <clears throat> Maybe I'm a Pokemon loyalist, but I think their names kind of suck in Yu-Gi-Oh, but whatever. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah, they just describes what it is. Like, the giant is just a giant. The giant is actually very... It reminds me explicitly of something, and I don't know if it's D&D art, 
Or what did it... But this looks so much like an ogre from something. Or a cyclops, because it's only got one eye. Yeah, like a cyclops or an ogre from some... It's, it, it, it's very reminiscent of... I've seen this creature before in a different application. Sure, I can't think of yeah. where... Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, he, giant winged dragon, Yugi uses, uses an attack called fireball attack and destroys Kaiba's giant, um, a random little girl runs up, oh my god, the show is a stroke, a random little girl runs up and says, big brother, are you alright? So, okay, I, uh, let me get this out of my system, they're playing cards, I think he'll survive, but also, where did this girl come from and why are we only learning about her now? <laughs> Yeah, he has, uh, so, and, and he's his little sister, so he's, like, this big guy that owns a company, like, so presumably he's, you know, at least fairly old, like, if he's this super rich guy that owns a big company, like, he spent a lot of time, you know, going to school or building this company yeah. out of nothing, unless he just somehow inherited it from a father who died too young or something? Possible. That's maybe the only answer to have, but to have a sister, that's this, so if he, we're saying he's like 30, his sister looks like she's like six, like that's yeah. quite a difference there, like 24 years, right? like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that didn't make any sense, and the whole lack of explanation too, because I don't know how old this kid's, yeah, make a bunch of noise, Paul, take two, um, I don't know how old this kid's supposed to be, I just, uh, like, because he seems young, you're right. If he has a company, like he's got to be older. But, but he also, was in the classroom. look at him. Yeah, was he? he was. He was in the classroom originally at the start when they were dueling, and he was teaching him of how course. to play. Like that's where of he. Course. So why was he in this wanna, classroom? I don't want to make excuses for this show. God forbid. I do. We're only doing one episode of it. But yeah. maybe, like I said, when he first appeared, then we see Team Rocket. <clears throat> Not Team Rocket. You know, maybe, 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 maybe he's there spying. Like, maybe he's like, I've heard there's lots of powerful Yu-Gi-Oh cards in this area. Yeah, this, And not to mention this Yugi is, like, the best of the best, apparently. Like, he's great at what he does. So if this guy maybe isn't a student, but he's just like, he is what he is. Like, he's like a skeeving, skeeving, you know, guy. Yeah. Maybe he's there to spy on him. Maybe. He did seem disinterested, like he was reading a book or something, not really paying attention, but you could tell he was kind of listening in on what they were talking about. Yeah, like he's doing the whole spy thing where he's hiding yeah. behind the newspapers so he can yeah, listen exactly, without being exactly. noticed. Yeah. I would give him that benefit of I would give him that benefit of the doubt for why he is at the school and he can own a company, like maybe, but aesthetically too he looks young. Yeah. We're not supposed to believe this is like a middle-aged guy. There's no way, just based on the animation, I mean. Yeah, but he owns this company that suggests he should be in his 40s or something. like. I don't know. Oh, boy. So, I don't know what we're supposed to assume there. Um, so, where, where, where are we even at? We can, This show has so battle. many what-the-fuck moments that we just keep stopping. Like, every minute of the show, we just stop to go, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> So, little sister appears out of nowhere. Now Kaiba plays Saggy the Dark Clown. Which what an awesome I feel name. like that's going to be the name of my memoir one day. Um, but they talk shop, <laughs> and it's determined that Yugi would have a major advantage. But then 
Kaiba adds a magic code called an energy generator, which allows him to multiply his monster's attack by three. Again, feels like an ad for the codes, but somehow was not. The whole time he is explaining this, the numbers are coming up on the screen to show us, like, the final strengths of them and stuff. And that leaves Seggy the Clown, oh no, sorry, Seggy the Dark Clown at 1800 and the Winged Dragon at 1400. So, also, it's important to know, because this is going to come up a whole ton, that's their attack indicator or whatever, their attack strength. Um, each, unlike Pokemon, it's not a matter of HP on each creature, it doesn't seem. Well, not HP, life points. My bad. Use the right terminology. Um, but it seems to be like you have the whole match with a certain number of life points, and they're deducted based on the monsters that are being knocked out. I'm right, right? I'm not losing my mind. Like, each player starts with 2,000 life points. It's not attached to the monster. Right. Yeah. So then, as each monster gets knocked out, presumably based on what it is, each one has a different weight, I'm assuming, um, based on which one it is, they lose a certain number of life points, which is a very confusing scoring system well, compared to just health. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming it works similar to Magic, the Gathering that way, which I do know a little bit about. It would be like, so, well, I'm assuming it's like, you know, okay, it does whatever we said, 2,000 damage, and then the dragon has 1,600 defense, then it would do 1,600 damage to the dragon, but still have another 400 damage that it would then do to the player's health because there's nothing else to block its damage, right? Oh, Really? So the damage Wild. just carries over to the player. So, like in Pokemon, like, I don't know if you know how the Pokemon trading card game works or whatever. It's not like you don't have a life pool for yourself. It's just like if no. you run out of active Pokemon or you run out of prizes, like you can set, you want to play for four prizes, six prizes, whatever. And every time you knock out a Pokemon, you collect a prize. If you run out of prizes or you get knocked out, all you have no more active Pokemon, then you're out, right? Whereas this game, it's like when you lose all your life points or all your health kind of thing, whatever you want to call it, then you're, that's when you're knocked out. Mm-hmm. It's a very different, well, I don't want to say very different, but within the realm of things where we're always dealing with some kind of hit point system, we're dealing with the TCG, etc. It's a very different dynamic than Pokemon in a sense uh, because of those yeah. things. So, yeah, like, I don't know how this game works, light and, you, but yeah. That's no, assuming this is accurate, though. This is what we're basing uh, uh, yeah, all of this on, is that what the characters are doing. Yeah. And I'm comparing and more I didn't magic know that about Pokemon. magic. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that about magic. I knew somebody who really liked magic, but I never got into it at all. So, um, the battle that seems to be lasting forever is still going on. And that's not just us being bad at podcasting. This battle seems to go on forever, by the way. Yeah, it's like half the episode um, is this battle. <laughs> It literally is half the episode. Yeah, it is. Just if you about, cut out yeah. the credits and you cut out the front theme, it is half the content yeah. of this episode. So yeah, Kaiba uses Dark Light and destroys Yugi's dragon. Yeah, no, it is. Um, Yugi yeah. is like, this guy's good, but I must believe in my grandfather's deck. So, okay. Uh, next, he pulls a card and decides it'll be useless, but if he plays a monster in defense mode, then even if it's destroyed, his overall 2,000 life points won't be affected. So, again, teaching us a bit about the game dynamic. Another ad um, for the card is, game? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, nope. <laughs> a great ad for a product <laughs> they haven't made yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, They're just ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, you just talked a bit about magic, but does part of that, does anything with that kind of resonate with you with any other of your TCG experience with different stuff? Yeah. Uh, the defense mode part is what I'm talking about, that you yeah, can just yeah. kind of put up a murder. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. I mean, there are, there's like cards in magic that they're called wall, uh, like different types of walls that you can put in. They have zero, literally have no attack power, but a lot of de higher defense than you would get on maybe a lot of other creature cards. So oh. a lot of people would use those maybe more for defense. Um, but you can certainly block and defend with other creatures instead of attacking with them. Okay. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, so yeah, so he, he makes that decision, uh, showing a little bit of strategy, telling us a bit about the game. They have a whole talk of strength over spirit and all that. Uh, y'all have heard it before, I promise. Um, <laughs> just talking about the fact that Yugi's gonna be stronger and he's gonna win because, you know, he has this spirit and he has faith in his grandfather's deck and he's not doing this out of, like, greed or, or, uh, or pride or whatever the way that the other guy is. Yeah. Well, the other guy's yeah. doing it for power of the cards, and Yugi's doing it for the heart of the cards, so obviously you, yeah, he's got to win, right? Right? Maybe? Yeah. Hopefully? Perfect. You explained that way better than I did. Um, <laughs> so Yugi plays Gaia the Fierce Knight, um, and it leaves the score at 1,300 to 1,600 Yugi. Uh and Kaiba plays a blue-eyes-white dragon now that destroys the knight, leaving him with 900 life points. So that's um, two of them. That's two of know. them. I was just keeping track in my head while I was watching this. So like, okay, that's two accounted for. So he only has to be worried about two more out there now. So now we've seen the second blue-eyed white dragon card. So, <sighs> wow. Yugi gets a visit from his grandfather. In ghost form, spirit. <laughs> yeah. Question mark. Again, is he dead? Uh, so he tells Yugi that the codes are like a puzzle, and this means that something called Exodia. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think so. An unstoppable monster can be created using these five codes. Uh, and Yugi. So then Yugi draws another card that's like the missing piece of the puzzle. Or whatever. This I found this really confusing. And it might be easier for you because this probably is more like other trading card games. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of like... So he's picking these cards up. The assumption is like, what? He's shuffled the deck beforehand. Now he doesn't know what he's going to draw each time? Yeah. Is yeah. that the... Each one's a surprise, yes, yes, yes. right? Correct. Which seems crazy to me because I don't know. I, it's just... I don't know. Okay, anyways. Like I would think... I feel like there should be this like you build your team and then go in with it. Right. You know what I mean? You've caught these things. You own them. But... Yeah. yeah. Again... But you're thinking more on Pokemon side. But even the Pokemon Trading Guard game doesn't work like that. You're still shuffling and then drawing randomly too, so... Yeah, I guess. So I'm coming from the show, I guess. Because it seems yeah. weird to me that they have no control. But again, this is his vision. I just couldn't remember his name. My bad. But this is the creator's vision of having of having uh, tabletop RPGs be, be a prominent factor in this. That was important. And we're seeing that. He did a good job at that. I have to respect that to some degree. Um, yeah. So we're at Exodia, basically. He's, he's got the five puzzle pieces. He can assemble this thing if he wants. Kaiba plays the Judge Man, um, which Yugi takes down with a Dark Magician. Uh, so now the score, for those of you keeping track at home, is 1,000 to 900. And I kind of wish Pokemon was scored this way because it'd be a lot easier to call the battles accurately. But um, <laughs> I missed it 
Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I missed it. But at this point, he has now. I think he's gonna unleash another dragon. Question yeah. mark. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so sure. now, Kaiba plays. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sure. What the fuck? <laughs> so Kaiba <laughs> now plays another blue eyes white dragon. So now we have one card torn up, and we have two on the playing field, right? Which means there's only one more in existence somewhere in the world. Yes. So then. The dragon attacks and brings Yugi's magician down, and his score is left to 400, so now he's in, he's in trouble. So, and we see Yugi lose faith in the deck, um, but then he kind of gets it back after looking at the friendship symbol. Kill me, why was this necessary? Uh, we get the line, I need to believe in the cards like my friends believe in me. You forgot about the <sighs> swords that trap the dragons. The swords? Oh, yes, there's these light beams of swords. This was such a hard thing for me to write. Uh, but, like, writing this episode was really hard because I don't know the dynamic. So, so many of those things were able to slip by me because I don't, I'm not familiar with them. Like, it's not like when I hear Thundershock, I know that's a thing. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from. Maybe it was a little so easier things- for me. Sorry. Because, like, I played yeah. Magic and I played the Pokemon training card game more than you did. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why I caught on. Like, this magic spell thing was, like, an important thing. It's like, okay, I can play this and, you know, stop his dragons from attacking me for three turns, which is buying him time to maybe get some better cards that he can use to somehow defeat his opponent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I actually do have that here, that he froze in the dragon for three turns at this point, yeah. Um, and I, are we two turns into that? At the, are we one turn into that at this point, I think? Okay. Um so, needless to say, Yugi's going to assemble Exodia now. Um, and he completely schools Kaiba with that. Kaiba's little sister is like, it can't be! And that, that's the last thing she's ever going to say, I think. <laughs> I think he's, he, does, he, hasn't ex- he hasn't made it just yet, right? Like, because cause he... Okay, sorry, so, um, I don't have the exact thing, but he, he got, like, a third dragon out on the field, right? Yes. First. Yes. So now all four of these dragons are accounted for. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently this guy had three of them, and he had three in his deck, which makes me question, why did he tear, tear up the first one? Or the last one? Like, why did everyone in the world. Why didn't he just put it in his deck and have four? <laughs> like, like, that made me... Coming from the trading card side of thing, that made me wonder, okay, maybe there's a limit on how many of certain cards you can have, like, um, Ooh. I know, so for Pokemon, for example, you can have exactly, I know you build your decks of is that exactly 60 cards, but in Magic, it doesn't have to be exactly 60, you could build your deck with 50 cards, you could build your deck with 70 cards, you could build your deck with 72 cards, you know, like, it, there's no exact number on that, whereas Pokemon is, so I'm thinking maybe Yu-Gi-Oh, I have no idea, it's, certain number of cards in his deck and he can't fit another blue eyes dragon in there or um he just there's like a rule in the card gamer in the world where you can only have three of a specific card or three of a certain dragon or three of this type of card or something so he can't legally put it into his deck but that still leaves me with these questions of why did he even have to tear it up like couldn't he just keep it under lock and key when he retires in 40 years when he's an old man he can sell it and you know retire all of his kids for and his kids kids and his kids 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 for a hundred years like you know like what no that is so true 
So it brought up a lot of questions for me. And then continuing on with this battle, like you said, okay, now we're finally going to bring Exodia out, right? Like he finally draws the last card that he needs to put this puzzle together and he finally realizes how he's going to be able to beat him. And it shocks Kaiba, right? He's like, what? It can't be. No one's ever summoned. This has never happened. It's so impossible, right? Mm -hmm. And now, okay, so this is what... This starts to confuse me even more because, so there's only four of these cards. How big are these decks? Let's assume there's 60 cards. Like that's how much a Pokemon is. That's maybe what you would say somewhere standard in Magic would be. It doesn't have to be. But anyway, let's say 60 cards in a Yu-Gi-Oh deck. How did he, they've only played like, as far as we can tell, like half a dozen cards. So maybe he's gone through what, 15 cards and he happened to get all three of his dragons in that deck in the first 15 cards. Yeah. Pretty rare. And he didn't seem surprised. Yeah, it seemed like, yeah, whatever. Like, So is he cheating and stacking the deck? Are you allowed to put cards in your deck in any order you want? Or is he cheating? Is he just super lucky? And it, like, what? But even off after that, even more so, we have Yugi who's now got five cards out of the 60-card deck that you need. Exactly five cards in the same number. So he got, what, the exact five cards he needed in 15 cards in the first yeah. quarter? That's like, if you think compare it to a regular deck, which is of cards, like a normal deck of cards, which is 52 cards, right? Five mm -hmm. exact cards. So you're pulling out a Royal Flush in the first 15 cards. Do you know how rare a Royal Flush is playing any normal kind of poker? Yeah, no, exactly, fair enough. I mean, I probably don't know to the degree you do. That's another one of your secret talents. But, I mean, I'm sure. I can't put a number on it, but, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> so, this guy is against every odd possible pulling out three, these three dragons in the first 15 cards. And then Yugi, against even worse odds, like, slim the nun. He's This is ever going to happen, or it's going to happen once in, like, five million games. He pulls out these stupid five cards in the first... Like, what? You know? Yeah. It's just like, the chances of both of, of either one of these happening is just so low, but both at the same time? Like, this has got to be the most rare thing that's ever happened in the universe at this exact moment. Like, no doubt. To <sighs> that, from a creative standpoint, I can buy that for Yugi, because he is... He's floored by this as we are. Like, he is, like, this is the spirit of his dead question mark grandfather like guiding him like his heart is in these cards this is divine intervention i can take that but uh kaiba is completely indifferent he expected to pull all three of those dragons that makes no sense <laughs> yeah so maybe he's the yeah. cheater like the only thing i can give it is that they they were allowed to stack their decks or something but then Yugi didn't know. Like, when he was pulling the cards, he had no idea what they were even for until he had, like, all five of them, right? Or four exactly. of them. He's like, and then he figured it out or something. So, it's just so rare that that would actually happen. Like, okay, I'm taking some liberties here and saying that they've only played 15 cards. Like, maybe this battle went on, we're supposed to believe that this battle went on for a lot longer than we were exposed to? Question mark? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they went through half their decks and, okay, all of a sudden now this is becoming more and more of a possibility? But it just, it okay. just looks, I don't know, I have a hard time buying this, you know? It's just so unbelievable. It's, yeah. it's so rare. It's, it's dominate. Like, yeah. It's dominate won't buy it, but maybe 
going through those decks. This doesn't work. This doesn't even work. I am going so far to make an excuse for them. The only chance I can legitimately take for them to time lapse is when everybody goes outside to load Grandpa into the ambulance and then Joey comes back in. We didn't talk about this scene. He comes back in and he sees the holograms of the monsters. <gasps> holograms! And he has this whole moment. So he's been gone for a while. He comes back in and shit's already set up. Is it possible? Is it even remotely possible that time passed? I don't think it is because... No, I don't think so either. Because didn't he call that first... green? Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say the exact same thing you were. The first monsters are still up to battle. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, if I recall, there was a couple spots or moments where... In the battle where I saw, like, something I don't remember Yugi calling, like an alligator or something pop out defensively, maybe, question mark, and block mm. one of the attacks that I don't remember ever seeing, question I'm mark. Having a hard time, yeah. I'm having a hard time buying that there's a time lapse in here. No, me and too. And not just that, not one suitable for a kid's show. You have got to show children the time is passing. Yeah. So, yeah. The, it's just the answer at the end of the day is it was convenient for the show and it was made the show and it got their message across that was the answer that's the answer at the end of the day but yeah yeah because they can't be having 25 round battles on every episode yeah like they can't be going through 50 cards on every episode like yeah. exactly I don't know. so i don't so where are we i mean i think so he's assembled exodia right yeah okay now okay yeah. And Exodia schools him. We good with that? Like, he just he yeah, yeah, destroys yeah. the dragons? Just, like, completely destroys the three rare best dragons, apparently. Yeah, but I don't think they're destroyed. Like, he still gets to use those, right? Again. In a different battle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So then, uh, yeah, little sister shows up again. Pretty dramatic moment now where Yugi, like... What is this? He tele... They must explain some of this shit later on in other episodes. He, like, telepathically instills universal truth into Kaiba. Like... Yeah. Which both metaphorically and literally shatters his worldview. Does it have to do with the triangle of puberty? Like... (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I don't know, but he's like... And he could have done this before. They could have spared this whole battle. But the guy's just, like... Because Yugi's like, you know, I fight for heart and you fight for power or whatever and then the guy's like I don't understand that mentality or whatever maybe this will help and then he just like casts his hand at him and the guy is just emotionally crippled and drops to his knees and that so now he like understands the maybe. meaning of life I there's so mark? many things that needed so much more explanation and they wasted so much time on nothing yeah, like they had the weird filler scenes that they didn't really need to fill time when they could have been explaining more. Yeah. I could have, I could have done without Joey deciding to go back in. I could have done without um, a Kaiba half driving back to the place and then panning up to his place and him sending the henchmen. We obviously would have known who sent the henchmen. You didn't need to explain that. You needed to explain the goddamn puberty triangle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> So I, I, wow, man. But so we go back to the hospital now and Yugi's grandfather wakes up. Then we very quickly meet. Well, okay. His grandfather wakes up and he immediately knows 
that Yugi won, obviously. Somehow. I, that's why he woke up. I, You can see this coming. I mean, not to take down the full... We are here to talk about TV. You have to buy into the illusion a little bit. Some suspended, you know, belief. Yeah. But still, you just know when you see his grandfather wake up, his first words are going to be, he did it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and sure enough, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to the hospital. He wakes up, does all this. Then we meet Pegasus really quickly, who I'm assuming is going to be a big deal in this series question mark um he seems to be the big baddie yeah i assumed it was kaiba at first but then then we see this guy who seems like he's maybe worse than kaiba yeah because now kaiba's learned you know universal truth um from so, the triangle of puberty from the triangle of puberty so pegasus learns that kaiba's been defeated so <gasps> it's a network of people so then we find out there's like this whole like illuminati thing or whatever um, and that's literally the end of the episode. So the guy walks in in a shadow, and he says to Pegasus, uh, like, one of our main people, Kaiba, has been defeated at the hands of a boy named Yugi, or something. And he goes, Yugi. Hmm. Black. That's it. <laughs> Just <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> so... Another cliffhanger hook to get us to watch some more. What is the Triangle of Puberty? Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> So I'm assuming next week we learn something about Pegasus. I don't. So this was this was a ride, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that's the episode. Uh, we're gonna summarize some of our thoughts, which I think just boils down to just WTF. But we're gonna talk about some of our thoughts when we get back. I'm gonna talk about the cast spotlight for this one because it's a quite a journey down memory lane, especially for this podcast. Um, and yeah, that's about it. So, but we're gonna tackle all that when we come back from the break. So yeah. Have fun. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It's time to again from a break that yeah i think was longer than the episode um here we are quite possibly <laughs> yeah so that was that i mean Yu-Gi-Oh, man what a ride i don't i wonder what i would have thought about that as a kid like if i would have watched that as a little kid like okay there's a question for you that came about very naturally but what okay if you would have watched that as a little kid do you think you would have 
Like, if you had gotten through a whole episode, like, of course we had the option to, and we probably saw two minutes of it here or there, but if you had sat through a whole episode, do you think you could have latched onto that? That is an interesting question, and I was actually just thinking about it as you started talking about it at the start here of coming back from our break. And, um, honestly, probably. Like, I, I, I have a hard time giving a definitive answer, but I think probably just because, like, same as you, I latched onto Pokemon and, like, followed that, and that was my show kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? It's like, anything that's not Pokemon is like, well, whatever, who cares? But had I got latched onto Yu-Gi-Oh! first yes. instead of Pokemon, then quite possibly I could have could see, like, maybe I wouldn't have been as critical, and maybe we would if if that was the case for both of us, maybe we're sitting here right now reviewing episode one of Pokemon and saying how terrible that yeah. is, you know, or something. like how confusing. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Why are they? Why do these Pokemon battle without the trainers being on a stage? Or yeah. like, oh, I don't know. You know, like maybe it would be completely different. But um, yeah. they do all this without keeping score. How are we supposed to know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you, I think you mentioned something about it earlier in our episode about um, maybe it was a generational thing too. Like you talked about the timing. Like okay, the timing wasn't that different from Pokemon, but maybe it was enough that the people that are like even just four years younger than us or something, you know, like the people that were going into junior high when we were going into high school, kind of though that age group, maybe there's more of a Yu-Gi-Oh following there and we just missed that by a couple of years yeah. ourselves. So and I I don't know, it could be in any Keeping in mind we're talking about the launch of Yu-Gi-Oh as though that's when it hit. I mean, it I don't know if it had I don't I have no idea. When I say I don't know, I don't mean I doubt it. I mean I legit don't know if it had the massive power right away that it did. Like same with Pokémon. I don't think I watched the first episode in 1998. Like, I think I might have taken a couple months to come around to yeah. when it perforated culture and it was everywhere. And you couldn't avoid it, you know? Like, I think I probably came across it like that. Um, so, like, I mean, I... Like, yeah. I wonder with Yu-Gi-Oh, like, was it a smash hit right away? Or did it take an extra year and, and henceforth, like, an extra... I don't know, not generation, because that's technically incorrect. But you know what I'm saying. Like, when you're... Your tastes between the ages of 9 and 12 are changing drastically. Like, I mean, the puberty triangles in play. <laughs> like, I mean, so much is happening <laughs> during that time to your taste. Like, you start looking at kids' shows and being like, that's for babies now, you know? And you start, like, going through all these milestones. You're gonna be 13 soon. You're get like, so... Like, I think that the time that does sit in between that is crucial when you're looking at that demographic and the ages that we were when Pokemon hit and when Yu-Gi-Oh hit, right? Like, I think that's a big factor. Yeah. It's got to be. <laughs> Quite possibly. I mean, uh, yeah, but at the same time, I never saw Yu-Gi-Oh as being this big thing. Like, I knew people enjoyed it. I know that I've heard of people that like it. I've seen people play the game or whatever, but... Even with the age group thing, like I've I know people five, ten years younger than me that are big into Pokemon still. Like maybe part of that's Pokemon Go, but mm-hmm. even still I've had friends in like online gaming communities, for example, that are big Pokemon fans, but they're ten years younger than me and it's like 
well, why didn't you get on the Yu-Gi-Oh boat? Or was Yu-Gi-Oh only like for a couple of years? And I don't know, for me, it was never this big thing. I never realized how big it was. And then when you told me, I know I'm going back to this again, but when you told me earlier in this episode about the cards, how it was the number Mm -hmm. one, like how it said the more, that completely floored me because I'm like, no way. Like I would say, you know, Pokemon and Magic way, way ahead of Yu-Gi-Oh, but it turns out Yu-Gi-Oh was actually ahead of both of those. Mm-hmm. So, was it just really big in some obscure age group? Is there, like, a bunch of our listeners are huge into Yu-Gi-Oh? Or, what? Like, I don't, no, maybe. I don't understand. Where where did this yeah. come from? Well, and like I said, like, I mean, I can only I, think of, like, specific examples. And again, like, it didn't seem to level culture the way that Pokemon did. But, I mean, the people that I can think of being really into it were, like, me being 20 and little kids, so, like, little kids in 2008. So when did it, like, uh, is that just super specific what I'm thinking of? Or did it take a while to take off and maybe, like, you needed to be, you know, eight years old in 2008 or you needed to be, you know, whatever to connect with that? Yeah, maybe. Like, did it just, I don't know. I really don't have an answer. And we missed that. Yeah, like, you know, like... By that point, we didn't care about Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it just it never it never seemed like this big thing to me. I knew it was a show that people would watch and stuff, but to say that it had mm-hmm. more cards than Pokemon was just I don't know. It just floors me. It floors <laughs> yeah, me, man. It really it doesn't sound it, no. Real. <laughs> so is it just maybe the people we associate with because we're Pokemon fans that we don't know about Yu-Gi-Oh? And there's this whole culture of Yu-Gi-Oh fans we just never associated with or never run into or something like they're all underground and like i don't know this whole i don't know i mean i don't know if this means anything this is super uh like i guess subjective would be the word as opposed to objective um this would uh, like whatever because it's just me doing a random sampling with google and of course all the algorithms and they know what you've googled before and etc so it's not a hundred percent but i google Yu-Gi-Oh competitions and i google pokemon competitions and what i get for pokemon competitions is gaming competitions predictably right kind of predictably i don't get code competitions i don't get tcg competitions coming up right away what i get is gaming competitions when i google Yu-Gi-Oh competitions i get so many massive tcg world championships berlin 2018 finals TCG 2019 North American World Championship, 10 hours and 25 minutes, that video. Like, it seems like it's a lot bigger as, uh, like, I mean, if you think about it, all those people have to go out and buy cards. All the people that watch that and are fans of that have to go buy cards. The Pokemon people have to buy games. Most of Pokemon's revenue probably comes from Pokemon Go now. Yeah. Right, whereas Yu-Gi-Oh, it's basically one thing. It's more about the TCG. It's so much more geared into that, even though we would like to think the Pokemon's about that because we kind of grew up with that aspect of it. I think Mm -hmm. over their lifetime, Yu-Gi-Oh's been way more heavily set on the trading cards, giving them a greater overall sales, whereas Pokemon people turn to the game so often. Yeah, that's actually a good point. So maybe Pokemon in general is probably... Pokemon as a franchise, Pokemon as a whole, is a way more popular, way more commonly known and accepted but in terms of trading cards yeah okay not putting it that way i can actually kind of make see the argument of Yu-Gi-Oh over pokemon i'm still a little bit iffy on magic because magic's the same way where they're focusing mostly or just practically all on the game but i guess they didn't have the show to back it up so maybe between the show and the game is why 
Yu-Gi-Oh is so successful in that regard. Because yeah, I would definitely agree. I would agree a hundred percent with the argument for that. The fact that uh, Magic just didn't have the show to back it up. Magic is more niche. Magic, I I feel like those people. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you're closer to this world than I am. I think, but those people, the Magic crowd, is more like taking pride in being it not being a big thing. You, does that make yeah. sense? Like, I don't want to use the word hipster because that's not right, but it's more of a reclusive, like, it's it's about having that secret kind of world. It's, it's not about yeah. merchandising up the yin-yang. It's not about having it on lunch pails and hats and shirts. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about the secret society you of can it. St- not to be weird. Yeah, but- I mean, you can still definitely get merchandise, and they, they still do hold competitions. Um, like, I actually watched a few on YouTube just to check it out. There's I, I mean, I didn't get too serious in it, but I just watched like a couple of random YouTube matches and stuff of Magic just to see, right? I was like, okay, yeah, like yeah. this is a thing. They have like commentators and stuff, but it doesn't look like a high class world thing like you might see in esports or something in some of the bigger games where they have like commentators or in, you know, actual sports like, you know, hockey or something yeah. where they have like professionally looking setups and everything. It's not not so much like that, but they still have, you know, the commentators. They still have, you know, people videotaping it. And they have, you know, judges or whatever, people to make sure they're playing by the rules and watching you and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely out there. Um, no, no, I know that they have magic. I know that magic competitions are a big thing. Yeah. I know that's a very real thing. Um, I'm just looking at a, I'm just looking at a Yu-Gi-Oh competition here. I mean, they're very well set up. Um uh, I'm just trying to see if there's any sign of how many people are in attendance at this one, necessarily. But, I mean, they have the full professional announcers. Like, you see them up at the desk and they talk to you before they go down and check out the competition. You know, like you would kind of with um, uh, uh, UFC or yeah. something like that. And, I mean, yeah, there's probably a few hundred people, if I had to guess, at this. This is the World Championships 2019. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know. I mean... I get the impression it's pretty big. It says Konami on the screen. Huh. Um. Anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just we went off on a tangent on that for quite a while. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say right at the end there, but but overall, no, I know. Like, I mean, we got deep AF on that, but I think it's true. I think it's very very true. A lot of what we touched on, how that, why the trading card aspect of that took off in a way that maybe it didn't. The numbers didn't take off the same way with Pokemon because Pokemon was spread a lot thinner. It wasn't about just the TCG. It had so much to yeah. so much to do with the games. Some of the people I can think of that are the most into Pokemon, thinking about like my Facebook friends list or whatever, are into the games like when some new silver and gold or whatever <laughs> i don't even keep up with it. i have no idea i'm making shit up something comes out like that's all you hear about on the timeline for a week like i know the games still have a passionate following compared yeah. to i don't know anybody that feels that way about the cards to this day yeah yeah right that's you know. very fair so no i'm really glad <sighs> you said that because like that eases my mind you know like for the <laughs> fact like and and it's not like the TCG was low either. Like, you even said it was pretty high. Um, yeah. They like all three oh, of them yeah, are very for high. Pokemon, so. the, yeah, yeah they're the neck that. and neck. It's yeah. not even yeah. So I'm I'm a lot more eased. Like I I still hear people talk more about Pokemon for many reasons and uh, Pokemon oh, yeah. cards. Like I've had guys yeah. trying to buy my Pokemon cards. But like, well, I can't really find them. I don't know if I want to sell them. Uh. If I have anything. It's like. Uh, because of the nostalgia factor, mostly, but uh, 
Yeah, I would want to keep them for sure. Yeah. yeah, I wish I had mine. I wish I had kept any of mine. I'm so sad. Every time we talk about them, I'm like, oh, I had Pokemon cards. <laughs> <laughs> go to the store and buy a pack just for nostalgia. Just buy like a... Yeah, I was so go. No, you have no idea how much I almost did that. <laughs> I was just going to say maybe for one episode. Thought... Sorry. Yes, for like a bonus close. episode or just one episode random, we each buy a pack of Pokemon cards and open them on the cast and see what we got and talk about it or something damn i was gonna so say that i was nice. gonna say that because i came so close to buying them if i bought them i was gonna tell you and say like you should buy them and we should open them on the <laughs> show <laughs> so yeah exact same thought nice. exact same wavelength i'm glad yes. we're thinking about that so yeah we that's definitely something oh we God. should do at some point for sure yeah that's gotta that's gotta be on the yeah, list yeah. yeah that's gotta be on the list write that down we might be cooking up a bonus episode here in the near future so uh, <laughs> maybe we should if it's possible in the soonness we could do that i don't know how much pokemon cards are yeah I, in my mind they gotta be like a buck but no i'm sure they're not <laughs> like <laughs> i mean i've seen i've actually seen some at a dollar store but you don't. i don't think you get very many in the back Me too. But, uh, i've also seen some at well, other no, but I also places don't... too so I also don't think they're a buck at the dollar yeah. store. Do you know what I mean? Because the dollar store doesn't mean a dollar anymore, right? So they could be three ninety nine at the dollar store. Yeah. I have no idea how much they are. So yeah, um, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, we should totally do that. So I don't. We that was supposed to be us recapping the show, and again, we just ran off on the TCG. And how could that outsell Pokemon? For Lord of God, uh, Triangle of Puberty. I don't. I'm hoping that it's, there's so many things. I just like saying Triangle of Puberty. Yeah, I'm gonna too. take every opportunity to repeat that. That I I'm can. glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Came yeah. up with that. So, um, it's. I found it hard to keep up with the episode, kind of having never seen. It. But I really hope that there's eventual payoffs to so many things that I witnessed. Like, there's got to be an explanation for that. I'm sure there is at least for like, the Triangle of Puberty. I know, and the fact that he, he, he completely, like, yeah, I mean, the result of the, I mean, we've said that so much that I think Triangle of Puberty has lost its power. We have to remember, we call it that because he becomes a full-grown-ass man. So, I really wonder, like, there's got to be an explanation for that. Is that, like, his spirit or some shit? Like, what's, what is that? And can anybody else do it? I really want to yeah. know that. You can always um, drop us a line if you do know. Maybe, yeah. Because I don't think uh, either of us are planning on watching a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh! to find out, but, uh... <laughs> If any no. of our listeners know, no. may, you know, drop us a line. Shoot us a mail. You know, let us know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't even think we've asked you to today. So yeah, I mean, go ahead, reach out, let us know. Because I mean, I'm sure if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan, I mean, you have been hurt physically by us talking about it this way today. We're sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're kind of sorry. Um, so you know, go ahead and tell us how badly we've hurt you in your feelings. Um, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at Gotta Catch Pod, and you can email us, email us at gotta catch podcast at gmail.com for the people who stick around after the credits to listen to the bloopers you'll know i almost never make it through that in one piece um, <laughs> that was oh i'm so glad i made it through that misappropriated time that's another thing with this episode like why did we have to have this whole hit joey going outside to turn around and come back in and yet they didn't have time to explain the triangle of puberty you've heard me say this already but again recapping it misappropriated time they did so many things to waste time when they didn't they could have explained something but one possible explanation for that like you did say is building tension maybe they're trying to build tension it is based on a manga they want the episode by episode by episode it's supposed it should be very episodic and drag you along so maybe i am 
I'm out of school saying that. Do you know what I mean? That's that's quite possible, and it's probably what some people are typing on Facebook right now in the backspace, backspace, backspace. He knows. Um, but yeah, so uh, hopefully eventual payoffs. Who's that girl? So here's my question: Who's that freaking girl? So <laughs> I think her name is Mokuba. Mokuba okay. in the show, or like, is that what a, in the English version too? Pleasant. What a pleasant word to say, right? Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry because out there I'm sure somebody's name Mokuba. <laughs> you have a very lovely name. I'm so sorry. Anyways, um, I'm an ass. Uh, so that I think that's who that is. Um, as far as I can tell, because I looked it up and it was surprisingly hard to get an answer. Um, so I had to start by going through the list of like credits for this episode, find the only female character kind of deal, like, and work back from there, sort of. And so, as far as I can tell, Makuba was played by Tara, Tara Sands, and this is a character that's generally in other iterations of Yu-Gi-Oh been male, but this in this particular version, she's female. Okay. So, somebody can tell me more about that. I don't know if it's just a thing where they just changed it for the hell of it, no explanation, or if there's something canonical about that. I don't know what's going on there. So, what were you going to say? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so, yeah, so that, if as long as that was Mokuba, and I'm on good ground that it probably was, attack me online if it's not, uh, that was, uh, she was played by Tara Sands, who happens to play, I'm just merging, I'm, Ca- I'm, I'm just whew, swooping beautifully into her uh, cast spotlight, by the way. That was beautiful. Tara Sands, who played Clefairy and Bulbasaur. Hmm. Ah, uh, no. It's first of many to come, Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh! crossovers. First of many to come, I will tell you. Um, so then we also have, we have one guy that I've got to find out a little bit more about. Pegasus was played by a guy named uh, Darren Dunstan played things but nothing that we know like we don't have any major Pokemon characters he played stuff in Pokemon but so far down the line that it means nothing to me so we're getting do you remember at one point we talked about how when getting into these voice credits sometimes people play one person's particular Pokemon vaguely yeah yeah we came across that so like for instance he plays Roxanne's Nose Pass Okay. So the only reason I know what a nose pass is is because of Pokemon Go. Um, Pokemon Go, exactly. So I, I, I have no context for that. He plays nothing we've ever talked about on the show. He crosses over with the Pokemon franchise, but in no way that I can explain to you meaningfully. Um, so Dan Green is Yugi. Dan Green happens to be Professor Birch, who we'll come across in a little bit. Because uh, all the professors are trees. I love it. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to come across Professor Birch eventually. To be honest, I'm not sure what series. Y'all know if you're listening to this. I don't got to tell you. Um, so I have a feeling 99% of our fans know things about Pokemon I will never know. Um, so Dan Green is Professor Birch and Yugi. Uh, Solomon Muto. Let me put this forward. Do you know who that is? Solomon Muto? Muto, yeah. Mewtwo? <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know. That's the name of the grandfather. Okay. Like, we were never told that. No. Like, what the hell is that? Um, so, as we talked about already, that was Maddie Blostein. Uh, she's been an actor spotlight already. Uh, played Meowth. 
on uh, Pokemon, and like our world of Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, Joey Wheeler, uh, who's Joey, of course, like Joey, the character, uh, was played by Wayne Grayson. Wayne Grayson crosses over with Pokemon because he was the voice of Machop. Um, apparently not the other ones, because the only thing I found for him was Machop. So, I don't know if he did Machomp and uh, Machoke and all of that or not, but... Do you remember who the, those Machokes and Machamps? Oh my god, I don't want... Yeah, 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 Machamp. Machamp, but I always say Machomp. Yeah. He should just be a giant set of teeth. Yeah, Machamp, Machoke, and Machop. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, let's not even go there. <laughs> yeah, we've already wasted a lot of extra time. <laughs> Good lord, yeah. <laughs> no so, more tangents. Um, no more tangents. So, Cedo Kaiba? I. Kaiba? I hope I said that name right through the whole episode. If not, I'm just going to hell. I'm going to anime hell. Um, I think I dropped this already. That was Eric Stewart, who, of course, is Brock. Uh, and he also directed the episode. So, like, mad Brock vibes all over this. That's pretty cool. Um, I like that one. I know, right? Um. Uh, oh, who's this? And then, last but not least, Hobson. So, you remember the three henchmen they send? Uh, that, oh, that, that, oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, What's yeah. his pickle there the, that the, like, Kaiba sends? Small orange glasses, bald dude, and the other two guys? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small orange glasses, bald dude, I think is Hobson. Okay. That guy is James Carter Cathcart. It sounds familiar, but I I couldn't tell you who he played. James from season nine till now, Meowth from season nine till now, and Gary Oak since season one. The whole time, he is the one for sighting Gary Oak. Ah, which is very rare in Pokemon, if you've noticed. Yeah, I feel like that is something I should have known or remembered. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, uh, we talked about him because he's also a, musi- bleh, a musician and stuff like that, too. Uh, so we talked about him a little bit. But, yeah, no. That's, that's... I mean, I can't believe every single major actor in this was also... I mean, not all of them were major because a lot of them we just had... Uh, like, we had Machop and we had Clefairy and Bulbasaur. But still, I mean, the crossover is unbelievable. Yeah, that is a lot. Yeah. So... I'll be curious, maybe, as we start to do some of the things that we do that are more anime. Of course, we probably won't see this as much with the American series. Maybe, maybe not. But, uh, like, when we hit Sailor Moon and when we hit Dragon Ball and we start hitting these, I'm curious how many of these people we're going to see come back. Are we going to have enough room for all the bonus episodes for all these other shows we want to do? Yeah, I know. Sailor Moon could be fun, too. And, like, we've talked about a lot of different shows we want to do. Oh, good lord, we have, yeah. We're gonna... Let us know your thoughts, guys. Did you like hearing us cover a different show? I mean, you know, shout out, let us know. Um, if it if it doesn't go over well, then, you know, I maybe we won't do as many. Maybe we'll maybe we'll just keep it to ten, you know, a thing. Uh, uh, every ten, maybe not. If you really like it, maybe we'll do one every five. Who knows? Uh, so we should have a bonus episode coming up sometime in the near future. For all I know, it might come out before I get this edited. We'll see. Uh... And, uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about Yu-Gi-Oh! My brain hurts. Um, uh, I'm not going to forget Puberty Triangle anytime soon. No, start using that randomly, somehow fit it, fit it into a conversation somewhere. Oh, jeez. 
stub your toe puberty triangle <laughs> it's just weird looks from everybody in the room like what yeah <laughs> oh my god oh my god yeah i stubbed my toe so hard it aged me <laughs> several years <laughs> oh my god i'm so happy about this now okay anyways I guess that should be all for us because, you know, we've gone long. The last episode that came out was three hours long, which is just madness. So we got to get our stuff in order here and give you sizable episodes that you can listen to during a lifetime. Um, So with that, I think we're out of here pretty much. As I've said, make sure you reach out to us online. It would be like mind-blowingly awesome if you would maybe give us a review some places you don't have to sign up for itunes if you don't want so you can even leave reviews on facebook uh mind you i would love it if you reviewed us on itunes because that helps bump us up in the algorithms and stuff like that makes people pay attention to us any chance you get to give us a thumbs up a heart on the on the 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 podcatcher of your choice when you're listening to us please i urge you to do so it can do nothing but help us um, if you leave us a review that's, you know, mean and nasty, it could possibly hurt us, but maybe we'll grow from it. Maybe we'll learn that we're bad podcast hosts, and maybe we'll learn that you're just a bad person, but it's a risk worth taking, so go ahead and drop us a line. Um, and with that said, I guess until next week, is it appropriate to say, don't forget to change your underwear every single day? And I'll seal you all later? Uh, it just feels wrong. I does. Now. Professor Birch and I have something to give both of you. Awesome! A new Pokédex! Gotta watch them again is a rewatch-type podcast. It is hosted by Paul, Johnson, Spencer, McKinnon, and other guests. This particular podcast can be found on Facebook and on Twitter at GottaCatchPod. You can email this podcast at gottacatchpodcast at gmail.com. One of the best ways to capture this type of podcast is to leave a five-star review on iTunes. This type of podcast appreciates you listening. Uh, It just feels wrong. It does. Okay. (laughs) I'm just gonna fade out on that. <laughs> it just feels wrong. It does. I'm just gonna fade out on that. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we we took like an, our break's been longer than the actual episode. Our breaks keep growing. Yeah, every time the break gets like an extra ten minutes added on or something. Yeah. All right, I have okay. Audacity running and recording. I'm I'm like lost. My train of thought of this Yu-Gi-Oh episode, but okay. Oh, completely. <laughs> and the first thing we have to do is recap it. Like, is go through, like, our favorite parts. So, hang on. Let's just chat about that for a sec before we start. Yeah. Okay, so, like, his grandpa and shit. Um, uh, we watched the battle, which was half the episode. Yeah, the battle was half the episode. So, that's um, the best part. Was why that. was that guy from New Jersey? <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what was that the, girl's name? What was the triangle of puberty? <laughs> oh, yes. What was the triangle of puberty? <laughs> yeah. okay um i guess yeah maybe we'll be okay (sighs) all right three two one all right back again from a break that yeah that guy is james carter kothcat Kurt, 
Cathcart. No, Cathcart. There we go. That man's name, I swear to God, James Carter Cathcart. Doberty Triangle!